This is Just a Few Questions. I'm Mark Sims. My guest is Eric Deggins. Eric Deggins is the TV critic for National Public Radio. Welcome to the show, Eric Deggins. Thanks for having me. I'm tickled. I was saying before we got on the air, you're from Gary, and, and I'm from from the shy, as they, some people say. So I could, <laughs> we could talk forever. But yeah, they I got, got relatives in East Chicago. I got relatives in Waukegan. I got relatives all over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you back to a whole show about this uh, Rust Belt <laughs> towns we live in, all that kind of stuff. Okay, let's go. Uh, since you, uh, you know, you, you told me earlier, you're gonna, you've been in the media over 30 years, and maybe more. <laughs> and so yeah, you, yeah. you can answer, you can make sense of my half baked ideals and my half baked questions. So here we go, uh, Eric Deggins, what? Would, would Americans be more, let's say, better informed if the news media, news media provided more background content and also um, historical context? Does that make sense? Sure, it makes sense. I think, you know, uh, when, when you first told me you were going to ask this question, the first thing that occurred to me is something that I say in my book, Race Bader. I wrote a book uh, that came out in 2012. Race Bader, How the Media Wheels Dangerous Words to Divide a Nation. And it talks a lot about how different media outlets leverage uh, prejudice and stereotypes to try and make money. But it also talks a lot about how media works. And one of the things that I found is that when people talk about the media, they're really talking about television. And very specifically, they're talking about cable television. Because that's where uh, journalism most obviously kind of asserts itself in their media consumption. You know, you, you, you know, there's an election night and you turn on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News to see how it went. Or, you know, you, you are sitting in the doctor's office or you're sitting um, in the barber's office and they've got one of these cable news channels on to tell you what the news of the day is. And that's all great, but it, it, it also leads people to forget there, there are many different kinds of news platforms out there. So if you, want, if you want to learn sort of the surface level of what's happening and find it out as quickly as possible, then TV news and cable TV news is a good option for you, right? It can tell you immediately what's going on and immediately take you to places. So you can, you can go to the aftermath of an attack in Ukraine right away, or you can go to where a, a fire is raging and see what things are, are, are happening there right away. What they are not good at is context and history and all these things you're asking about. That has to come from other types of media. Uh, print media gives you that. So if you have a subscription to the New York Times, uh, if you read the Washington Post, um, if you spend time perusing uh, the websites of, of, of good, you know, news aggregators like Axios or, um, you know, the Daily Beast, I think, does a good job of presenting news that's informative, but it's also presented in an entertaining way. It doesn't, uh, it holds your, it's constantly holding your attention, but they don't, they don't cheapen the news product to, to hold on to your attention. So that's a good place to, to go sometimes. And of course, uh, I think National Public Radio does a good job of that. You know, radio is a type of medium where we can um, we can we can take you to a place right away, but we also have time to give you context and we can talk about things. And of course, we have a website where we have all kinds of, of print reporting that goes along with the audio reporting that we have on radio and that we have on podcasts. 
and we're public media, so our, our output is not affected by commercial concerns. You know, we're not worried about upsetting an advertiser, and we're not worried about you know minute-to-minute -minute ratings. So we're not changing our report to make sure that we're constantly agitating people to make sure that they constantly watch the channel, which is uh, which is something that cable TV news does all the time. Um, I always tell people to be very careful about their consumption of cable news and make it be very specific and targeted and purposeful because so much of cable TV news is about agitating you to, to keep you watching. And so if you put CNN on in the background while you're doing your work, you know, a lot of us are working from home these days even after the pandemic has eased, um, you know, you put CNN on in the background, and, it, and, and because of their broadcast style, you're getting emotionally agitated with this, you know, reporting going on here, and you don't even realize. So to the end of the day, you know, you're feeling more, you're feeling more depressed about the state of the world. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling more gloomy about things, and you might not even know why, but one reason why might be because you're, you're constantly exposing yourself to this style of recording the news that is all about bringing every awful thing to your doorstep the minute it happens and, and agitating you to pay attention to it. So, so, um, so, you know, find out times in your day when it makes sense to catch up with the headlines and tune into cable TV news and, and get that reporting, but then disengage for a minute and maybe uh, take some time to read a newspaper or to listen to NPR or to look over our website or um, check out what PBS is doing with the news hour and you'll you'll um, you'll have a much more measured a much more context filled much more um, nuanced and developed presentation of news that is more about you know all those things you were talking about the context and the history and things like that um, part of the problem is that, you know, we're just trying so hard to get audiences and hold on to them. And sometimes the first thing that gets sacrificed is that kind of context that you're talking about. But there are other news platforms outside of electronic media, outside of television, that will give you the, that depth that you're asking about. Yeah, before we went on, I told you my uh, education level, if you will. <laughs> and most Americans, you know, we're just trying to get by. We're not, you know. I, I started listening to NPR maybe over 30, over 30 years ago, right? And mm -hmm. I didn't understand, what, what is this? I used to call them the snooty intellectuals. You know, I didn't understand. <laughs> I mean, I really did because I didn't understand what it was. And they, so when you go beyond the 6 o'clock news, going beyond the headlines, I, you know, and it's tough because people will say, uh, I don't understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. Or I really don't care. So well, how, and how do you get a you society know, to go beyond that, going beyond the headlines? You know what I'm saying? Well, I would say, Regular I mean, the thing like that's me. interesting to me is, is there are two different ways to look at that. I mean, you can be intimidated by a media platform that's having a discussion in a way that you're not used to being a part of. Or you could see it as sort of exploration. Like you're getting out there and you're just trying to see how different media platforms, how different kinds of people talk about different kinds of things. And, you know, I, I guess I'm used to that because I'm a journalist and that's our job. You know, it's our job to sort of go into places where we don't know much 
and, and, and get people to talk to us and learn how they talk about things and then figure out how to tell other people what's happening in that place based on what we experience. But, you know, individual media consumers have never had more power than they have right now. I mean, you, if you see something on local television that you think is unfair, um, we all know that there are uh, media outlets that have a hard time covering people of color fairly, right? So if you see a story that, that strikes you as sort of unfair in that way, you can go on Twitter, you can go on Instagram, you can go on TikTok, uh, you can go on Facebook, and you can say, I saw this report and it was unfair, and this, this, this is what was wrong with it. And if enough people agree with you, um, it, it becomes enough of an issue that whatever TV outlet created that report has to respond to it. So, um, so you have a lot of power as an individual media consumer, more power than you've ever had. So that means that, you know, if you want to find out what's happening in an issue, you can go on Twitter, you can go on Facebook, you can go on Google, um, you can check out a bunch of different cable news channels, you can listen to NPR, uh, you could even listen to some of the, um, you know, shows like uh, like The Breakfast Club, you know. I mean, it's surprising sometimes the discussions that they're having with newsmakers uh, about issues that, that actually matter. And, and the thing is, what I would say ultimately is that there are people out there who would prefer that average media consumers distract themselves and not care about how their country is being run, about how their state is being run, about how their county is being run, about how their school district is being run, about how their city is being run. They would prefer that you get intimidated and that you don't find out what's going on and that you keep your head down and you pay your taxes and you let them run everything. But that's not democracy, right? Democracy is average people finding the information they need to make the great decisions about who should represent them and about what sort of law should be enforced in their community, about how their schools should run, about how, um, you know, their police force should be operating. And, you know, you can't make those decisions if you don't have information. So you, you have to sort of, it's tough sometimes, but you have to sort of get over that intimidation factor and maybe look at it more like you're walking into a library where there's a bunch of great books out there. And, and you can grab the book that says local TV news, or you can grab the book that says CNN, or you can grab the book that says NPR, and you can sit with it for a while and figure out what exactly is going on in this book. What are they talking about? What can I learn from what's happening here? And what kind of great discussions are happening that I could be a part of that could, that could inform me about what's happening in my world? And the thing about NPR is that even though our main broadcast, the, the one that goes out on the radio, you're right, it is, you know, our target audience is college-educated listeners. Um, so, you know, we are going to talk about the issues in a way that might be different than, you know, uh, a media outlet whose target audience isn't quite, um, doesn't quite have that educational level. But we have a lot of different products. You know, if you look at the podcasts that we have, you know, I think they speak to um, people of color uh, a little more effectively. They, they speak to young people a little more effectively. 
we break down the issues even more so people can really spend time on a subject and really learn about it. Um, but one thing we don't do is we don't take our audience's intelligence for granted. We don't speak to you like you're four years old. You know, we, we assume that you're smart enough uh, to, to participate in these discussions. And, 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 and we give you credit uh, for being smart enough to, to hang, hang with us and talk about all this stuff. And I think a lot of media outlets don't. And that's why you feel that lack of context. That's why you feel like you're not getting the history because they talk to you like they assume that you can't handle it. But we don't do that. And, 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 and a lot of public media doesn't do that. Uh, but, you know, that does mean that you have to be willing to come along with us on the ride and, and, uh, and have that discussion at a level that maybe other media outlets don't. The, um, I love NPR. I listen all the time. and I love the podcast. Uh, uh, but I have to remember when I listen to NPR that, or any news uh, platform that journalists are not activists yeah. uh, and vice versa. <laughs> and 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 and, and sometimes I do want journalists to be more activists, but you know you're not supposed to cross that line unless you're maybe Al Sharpton or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I well, I, I think ahead. that depends. I think that <laughs> depends on. I mean, right now, what where we are in media is you have to know who is speaking to you, right? Because Al Sharpton is an anchor on MSNBC, so there are times when he's on a quote unquote news outlet. But he's an activist, right? I would say, you know, there somebody like uh, Maria Hinojosa, who, um, you know, hosts uh, Latino USA. Um, she's someone who I, I bet she would say that she kind of straddles that. Uh, she's a journalist. There's no doubt that she's a journalist. But she's also somebody who has very strong values in terms of equality, in terms of diversity in terms of depicting um, the Latino and Hispanic experience in America. Um, she has very strong convictions, very strong values that shape her work. So um, that sort of goes beyond the typical idea of a journalist who's afraid to be too involved or afraid to reveal their feelings about something. Um, so, so I would say you just have to know who's speaking to you and where they're coming from, because there's a, there are people who are all along that spectrum. And, and you know, somebody like um, a John King on CNN is a much more old fashioned, old school, just the facts kind of reporter who's more interested in the gamesmanship of, of politics than he is about any sort of, um, you know, activism or, or, or um, causes. Uh, but somebody like Maria or somebody like Roland Martin, um, you know, th those those folks are more engaged uh, on on the equality side of it. And and even though they they are very much journalists. So um, that's that's what I mean about, you know, I, when I when I when I do public presentations, I always talk about, um, you know, one of my favorite comic book characters. I'm a comic book nerd. I talk about Spider-Man. And there's a, a moment in Spider-Man's origin story where his uncle Ben turns to him and says, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And as odd as that sounds, that it exactly sums up today's modern media consumer. A, you have more power than you realize. But B, with that power comes responsibility. You need to find out who is speaking to you 
and why they're speaking to you the way they're speaking to you. And only consume those people who have earned your trust, who are consistent and accurate and aren't lying to you or misdirecting you or manipulating you because they have an agenda. And, and you know, it's not that hard to figure that out. All you have to do is, is sample a few things that they've done. And you pretty much get a sense where a lot of people are coming from as reporters, as anchors, as media personalities. But it does mean that you can't just turn on CNN and assume that everything that everybody says on that channel is something you can trust. You have to take a second and consider who is speaking to you. What show is it? And why are they speaking to you the way they're speaking to you? And that solves a lot of these issues that you're talking about if you, if you take a little time to be a little more media literate about what's what's happening. And, you know, um, I know a lot of people prefer the old way where you would just turn on CBS or you would just turn on PBS and whatever they told you is what you believe. But, you know, that was the that was the uh, childhood of media. <laughs> we are in the adolescence of media now. And uh, and and if you want to be a well-informed consumer who is not being taken advantage of, then you then you have to be more sophisticated about how you're consuming this stuff. Uh, like I said, on the on the air and off the air, I could talk to Eric Deggins forever. I I like to keep my shows short, my podcast short. So sure. please, can I have you back sometime soon? Sure, sure. <laughs> I love to because I got I got to ask you questions about how do you know uh, if you're being the news to me is providing you propaganda or is it manufacturing consent? These are long discussions we can't have now, but hopefully next year we can do it. Eric, uh, Eric Daggins, man, I love you on the radio. You're wonderful. And anybody from Gary's cool. You know that. Gary, Indiana. Uh, thanks <laughs> right. for being on the show. Thanks, my man. I appreciate it. <laughs>